I'll tell you an interesting story. The first night I was in Aspen in 2002, um, I was with my family having dinner in town. We'd just gotten into town. And we were over at um, the little Mexican restaurant on Main Street, which was... The cantina. The cantina. And Steve Barwick walks up to me. He was happened to be in there, city manager at the time. And he goes, great to have you here. It's a lot of really exciting, fun stuff. And he was kind of talking like one public finance guy to another. Really interesting projects coming up. There's going to be this great, interesting project over on Aspen Street. They're going to, they're going to do this new lodge. And he didn't say who they were. He just said they, and uh, and, and it was and it was a, it was a, a forward-looking kind of uh, thing about some fun projects we were going to work on. And I know that there was interest in it in in that before then, and um, and we've seen stops and starts, and now most recently we've seen this shotgun marriage that was created by the city between the Gorsuch House um, development team and the Lift One Lodge development team, led by the Brown Brothers. And so uh, they seem to have come together and coalesced around a a public-private partnership and a nonprofit partnership, too, with the Aspen Historical Society to build a museum there on Dean Street and all that. And then, um, so they put it all together. They pieced it all together. They put it in front of the voters. The voters approved it. I think it was, we were talking about it as an Aspen landslide, 26 votes. 26. And then... It passes. It looks like we're ready to roll forward. And then the Gorsuch House team comes out and announces that they're seeking additional investors or potentially somebody to buy it. And, you know, it'd be great if they keep the name, but it's not going to be necessary, if I remember correctly. And, and then the whole thing starts to come apart, at least in the news media. Well, what is going on? I, I think it may have started to come apart before that. I don't think, I don't think Gorsuch... Not being able to get a, uh, a financial partner in this thing is what caused that. I think the big mistake that was made in this whole process is that the city left the Brown Brothers with two options. They could either go ahead and do this master plan and bring the lift down, or they could continue with their original application mm-hmm. and build the timeshares down there. Right. So all of a sudden they have all this leverage, and I think they saw that they could really turn that into a profitable thing for them. Um, <laughs> And they, and they did exactly what you'd expect them to do. They, they, they threatened to go back to their old right. plan. And the fact right. they said that they're going to go back to that. And they had to spend. I mean, they had to have had to spend a lot of money to rework their project. I assume because the the renderings I saw was a single building, and it was kind of right in the middle of where they ended up putting the ski yeah. return. Right. Right. So well, they spent a lot of money on that, but that they, they have the most to gain probably for moving the lift down. Sure. I mean, I think their property is is worth a lot more substantially more sure. than, it, than it would be if the lift was up where the original Gorsuch house right. was going to keep it. But uh-huh. but at any rate, so I think the I think the Brown brothers saw an opportunity there, and they 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 reverted back to their old plan, and suddenly that makes the Gorsuch house property a lot less valuable. So anybody Gorsuch had in their back pocket to come in to potentially be a money partner in this thing, uh-huh. says, wait a second, the Brown Brothers are dropping out. We don't know if the lift is coming down. We don't know if it's going up. It's, there's so much uncertainty. And I think that's when Gorsuch's financial people pulled out of it, or at least backed off, because they didn't really have anything to build there. But they had to have known that prior to the election. I don't it know. It couldn't have well, fallen apart I, since November. I agree that with quickly. that. I, th- I think Gorsuch definitely needed the financial partners in this No thing. doubt. There's no doubt about that. But I think what the Brown brothers did scared those people away. 
Maybe, I, and I, I, I think the city's role in this was, did they check the financing? Why didn't we require a bond? Why didn't we hold their feet to the fire knowing who the checkbooks were behind this? I, were, they were questions I were asking before I voted. Yeah. Who's the money? Where is it coming from? Is it good? Right. I mean, we've had this discussion before that, right. you know, Roger and I, I moved here in 1980. He was born here. But, you know, I've seen so many projects start and fail and get uh -huh. filled in at uh -huh. 50 cents on the dollar, whether right. it's the St. Regis and Mohammed Hadid, yeah. Michael Fox and the Aspen Club, um, the Snowmass Village projects. I mean, how, how many of these does it take before we learn our lesson? I mean, the St. Regis was a hole in the ground for such a long time, and we lived with this gigantic crane that we hovered did. over our whole community they shot for years. They the shot fireworks <laughs> out of it, and it just became wow. a fixture. It was something we got yeah, used we to, got like used seeing to. the ski lift. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, you know, we've had so many false starts, and so many of these um, uh, developers come with promising the moon, and it doesn't happen. Um, I don't know what it's going to take to learn from these lessons. If it's too good to be true, it must be. But, and there's something, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I kind of have this vision of uh, city council picturing a, a plaque at the bottom of this beautiful new project with their names on it. And I think they tend to maybe get a little bit starstruck by it. And they don't, I mean, they seem to want it more than anybody. And so they, you know, they, they're not dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And, I mean, the biggest mistake I think they made here was that they left the Brown Brothers with two options. Mm -hmm. Right. That's leverage. Right. And, and, if, and if the Brown Brothers didn't have this option to, to revert to their original plan, we'd probably still be moving forward on this thing. So, so unsophisticated deal-making on the part of the city in terms of their understanding their partners and who they're going to, as, at least as an element of this, do you think? Or... I mean, these are this is a complicated deal. And I mean, this are, is uh, this is like it's a very complicated. deal. You know, this is something you'd see. This is like a a, a, a multi fast a multi party deal. These are they're hard to put together at any size and to keep together. Yeah, and so. you're dealing with professionals who do this a lot, and we're talking about council yeah. and my, people like myself who right. you know we're pretty normal folks, and then when you come in with some right. big heavy hitter developer, we're outgunned. Yeah. Right. And maybe that that's time for counselor to say, you know, I need help on this. Let's get our own professional in here to counter whatever they're saying. But uh, then that could be the building department, for all I know, or ComDev. But yeah. but maybe we could do when we're getting outgunned like that. We better shore up and yeah, we, go we, into we battle. don't have the weapons to fight right. back. Right. Exactly. So one thing that I've never really completely understood, and, and I'm not a, you know, I'm a, I was the city's finance director for five years, but I'm not a, I'm not a planner. Um, I have been an elected official at uh, another time in my life in another state um, as, a, as a small city council member. High school class president? High school, I, was, uh, I was also Mr. That's Sun elected. in my second grade <laughs> play. That might <laughs> so, be the hardest election of all. Uh, but uh, um, the, uh, the thing that I don't understand is if the city really wants a ski lodge, why don't they zone this property for a ski lodge? And do that planning up in, in advance and go through the normal public process of evaluating what the community really wants, establishing the regulations for what they're looking for, and then, and then just be a regulator. Don't try and dabble in the universe of, of development negotiation. Do your role. Do the one role that you're really responsible for to the community. Be a regulator. And it, because, I mean, it was the city that, that enticed 
the Gorsuch folks to come forward with this. And before that, the prior development. And before that, the prior development. But the properties always remain zoned for a, a lower use. And you'll have to forgive me because I don't know what that use is exactly. But I know it's not zoned for a ski lodge. So so what's, what is going on with that? Why won't the city just zone that for a ski lodge? You know, this, this confused me too. It, it, you know, for a long time, that part of town was the mine dump apartments. Mm -hmm. I think Teddy Armstrong lived yeah. up there and a yeah. few other. You know, uh -huh. it was really just that side of town. Uh -huh. And um, I'm not as anti-development as some might think, but I do have concerns that, that does every square inch of this place have to be perfectly manicured? I mean, they talk about that end of town as if it's the slum. It's not. It's right. a historic end of town that has its own identity. And, and does it have to have perfectly manicured lawns and, and trimmed bushes and beautiful flowers and, and these mega mansions or, or mm -hmm. why not have some mm -hmm. place that's just not developed anymore? Mm -hmm. So that's A. B is the fact that, um, you know, some of that ski, that 1A is some of the most difficult terrains on that mountain. Mm -hmm. yeah. and I really don't see a lot of visitors coming here so, snow plowing to the front door of either one of those yeah. places. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There, you're going to see. Steep. I mean, we, we keep touting it as where people are going to use it more often. I don't think you're going to see beginners or even some intermediates coming down that way. I think they'll go to still go to Little Nell and take a shuttle of some kind back. It's not going to be the ski in and ski out that we that no, was I, proposed. No, yeah. I, I agree with you 100 percent on both counts. I I don't see why we have to polish the town on every corner either. I liked one A the way it was. And, and it really isn't a residential part of town, and it has been for some time. And it seems like, okay, so they bring the lift down, and we're, we're only a block away from Wagner Park now. Mm -hmm. But that's a long way. In Aspen, if you, if you look at how busy it is in the summer, it's, it's the mall. It's the pedestrian mall with the fountain. And you go a block on either side, any direction, mm -hmm. and it's significantly quieter. Right. And 1A, the fact that you have to get out of that, zone, cross the park, that green green belt, and get into a pretty much what is a residential area, right. and then walk up the hill, even if it's only a couple hundred yards, mm -hmm. I think that's enough to kill it in the summer anyway. You might get people there in the winter, but like you said, it, it you know, the people who come here, they, they ski snow mass for a reason. It's it's very pleasant for them. It's Or buttermilk for that it, matter. It's in their wheelhouse. They feel like champions there. Uh, 1A doesn't make... A lot of visitors feel like it makes really a lot of hospital visits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a hospital. So we're supporting the medical profession, the orthopedic. Uh, yeah. The, now the, the, you know, just gotcha. to piggyback on that, I think then you'll see the city come up with an alternative mode of transportation to get up yeah. to that lodge. And now, now here we are again, where we have the cross town, or we have the downtown, or we have raft, or we have. Well, now we're going to well, have a special that, bus. Right? The rubber wheel, the rubber wheel right. alternative, yes. or whatever they were calling I mean, it in the it, development it. process. But I mean, but to go back to the issue of who would ski it, um, yeah, who was it? Somebody made a uh, wrote a, a, a an LTE or a special editorial. Might have been Mike Kaplan um, uh, addressing that issue about their, you know, the skiability of that side and the terrain and what's there and. And, and how much he enjoys it. I mean, I thought I thought he made a fairly compelling argument. And I mean, you know, I mean, for the record, I I supported this project and I wrote about it. And uh, and I still think that some level of activation on that side of time, uh, that side of town, would be good. And I think the town's idea, the city's idea of connecting along Dean Street to try and provide a connection for that activity 
to, you know, because you're right, it is quieter over there. So to your point, it fundamentally would change that side of town. It fundamentally would. Um, but it seemed like it was, it seemed like we had it, but then we didn't have it. So I, I don't mean, think we ever had it. I, you don't sure. think we ever had it? I don't I'm think it was sure. ever there. I'm not sure either. And, so. and you know, just going backwards a little bit, you look at Snowmass Village, they get tens of thousands of skiers there every day right. during the high season. Yep. But nobody yep. likes to stick around there. And it's, <clears throat> and it's, not, it's just because it's not very pedestrian friendly. It's layered. You know, and, and tourists really, I mean, I don't think they consciously think, oh, what a pain in the neck to walk up a couple flights of stairs to get to the next right. street or walk up a hill. But it, it, it is an impediment uh -huh. to their enjoyment of that. And Aspen has a lot of reasons why they come here. But people don't stick around Snowmass. And I think the 1A area of Aspen is a lot like Snowmass, where that hill is a larger impediment okay. to to visitors than, than most people think. I mean, we sort of take it for granted, but we're acclimated, we're in good shape. Uh, we can walk mm -hmm. in ski boots uh, mm -hmm. fairly easily, mm -hmm. but, but a lot of our visitors can't. Okay. So, I, I, you know, I, I see it. If, if people wanted to stay there, you can make a nice hotel, but I think you'd be shuttling them down in the morning to catch the bus to Snowmass to ski. I, you know. I, hmm. They just get fake and tired to, and they're ready to go yeah, somewhere else? Yeah. Or find so, a way to loop it through there. I think a good example of that is that um, uh, the Crosstown Shuttle, it starts at the parking garage and goes to the base of um, Little Nell. Right. I mean, it's been a long time running gag that you're skiing all day, but you can't walk your skis from, what is it, four blocks. Right. So I think Roger's 100% right, and I really never thought of it that way, uh -huh. is that this is not going to be a pedestrian-friendly walk up that hill. Yeah, no, it isn't. Uh, it, it's, it's not what it was laid out to be, and, and that's what I, the same thing I mean with the Crosstown Shuttle is, you know, come on, it's four blocks to uh -huh. the yeah. Ajax Tavern, even in summer. Yeah. And I see people loading up on that, but you're right, they're not acclimated to 8,000 feet. They're not maybe in the best of shape as some of us are. Right. Um, so, but but these are our customers too, so I guess we've right. got to make it as easy as well, we can. Well, yeah. But that just, looks like a big hill to well, climb. Let me just no be a little contrarian. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in more ways than one, it's a big hill yeah, to climb. Well, let me just lay a little contrarian on that because, I mean, we were just before we, before we came on, we were talking about the Icon Pass, and so you're going to have so the, this whole idea that um, uh, you know you're going to be able to have good skiers going from going to multiple resorts to ski um, under with this kind of a project doesn't um, the one A side remain an expert skiers um, venue, but it's there's more capacity to handle more expert skiers who are coming in. Is that such a bad thing? Well, I, I don't know. T two things on that. Uh, I've heard people come in from the front range mm -hmm. to Aspen, and they ski Snowmass, and they ski Buttermilk, and then they ski Highlands and Aspen. And you hear it really often, like, wow, there are a lot of really good skiers on this mountain. Mm -hmm. and, and I agree with that. I've skied a lot of places in Colorado, and there are really good skiers in Aspen yep. compared to most places. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And... and um, so they all pass me because I'm not a really good skier. And then the in the Icon Pass, we heard a lot this summer about how crowded the slopes were on weekends with Icon Pass holders. And I don't ski snowmass, but the people I know who skied snowmass said the crowds out there were noticeably bigger on weekends. I don't think that was true on Aspen and Highlands as much. You, I noticed a little, uh -huh. a few more people on Aspen Mountain, but it, it wasn't a big deal. But I think it was a big deal in snowmass. So even the Icon Pass bringing people into town. 
I think most of them are gravitating to snowmass. Snow Actually, that's yeah. an interesting point because I would bet even without the Icon Pass, even if you just registered uh, lift tickets uh, at, at high season Christmas, mm -hmm. I think you'd see busier buttermilk snowmass than you would a bigger uptake uptick in Aspen Mountain. I've family, I mean, it's family. It's family mm -hmm. time. We're looking for. They're not going to go up there and challenge themselves like that. Yeah. I think we have two mountains that are. Right. basically marketed as family mountains. Right. This yeah. is where you come. So I would think we're pushing people that way, and, and mm -hmm. Aspen Mountain is, is for good skiers. It's for good skiers. It's not where you go to learn. Yeah. Right, but uh, but that kind of almost supports the idea that, you know, how much of a change, I mean, it, clearly, physically, it would be a substantial change. It's going to be, a, something's going to be built, certainly, um, on, the, um, on the Lift One Lodge parcel, ultimately. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's likely at some point that some redevelopment will happen up up the hill on the Skiko property where the Gorsuch House development is proposed. Perhaps I the Gorsuch House. I still don't House. think you'll see skiers coming down that way. I don't think it will. I don't think it'll increase lift tickets on Aspen Mountain, and it certainly is not going to be a different egress off that ski area. Yeah, and I think what people forget is even you know back when One A came all the way to its original right. terminal. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of talk about how vibrant that part of the mountain was, even when the lift came down. I was pretty young when that lift came down, but my dad always took me up 1A because there was nothing going on over there. That was the quick way to get up the mountain. Sure. You could, you could, you could have parking relatively easy. Mm -hmm. And the only thing there was the the, uh, the mountain chalet, and that's a tiny hotel. Right. So, even if it, even in its heyday. So lift so lift 1A was not a vibrant part of town so there's, there's compared a few, to Little there's Mountain. There's a few um, urban myths sort of about maybe the well, level of vitality well, or well, well, a the, bit. the size at least, the well, number, the number and the, of people. And then you look at all the years developers have been looking at this town. If, if that really was the great place to build a hotel, why hasn't it happened until now when it's one of the last developable pieces of land? In town, I mean, nobody really took a sniff at that thing. And when they moved the lift up, granted, that was a, that was a nail in the coffin there. But it, it wasn't the the circus show that people kind of portray it to be. Right. Back when it came right. down to town. And so, pre gondola, one A was used as a way to avoid crowds. Yeah. You sure, would go up always. and just stay on that, on that uh, skier's left side of the mountain, yeah. Yeah. and it was just a way to avoid that crush that was happening over at yeah. Little Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you know the. Um, the idea that uh, I, I think there's going to be some level of development. I think that you can market just like you can market to families to go to Snowmass. I think you can market to to expert skiers to come to the Lift One A side. I mean, you could do that. Um, it, uh, you know, I think there's a I think there's an avenue there for that to be it, um, that successful. Would... But that, and, and so give give me a thought, and then I've got another idea. I well, think. I think Highlands has become. The, the ski company's, you know, uh, adventurous mountain for the for the good skiers. They've marketed uh -huh. that, and so now how how do they back off of that and say ski w the one A side of Aspen Mountain rather than the bowl? I, I think mm -hmm. uh, I think Aspen Mountain has just always sort of attracted good skiers without mm -hmm. even really marketing it like that. And part of it is you come to town and and you look up and it rises straight from the park and. And it, it, it's intimidating right. to anybody but expert skiers, right. and it's probably intimidating to some expert, expert right. skiers who came here for the first time. So, the, so ski companies never really had to market it as an expert mountain, 
expert skiers just show up there. You, you don't think there'd be any advantage to to those kind of folks who are from out of town who are really good skiers to have a lodge there on that side? That well, I think I, I think those people are coming. The 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 because uh, there's no place for them to stay over at Highlands, right? Yeah, no, there isn't really. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, a VRBO maybe yeah. or something or. I, I mean, I think it's a. I guess it's a pretty. I think it's a pretty small market. Right. To, to I would have. Yeah, I can see that. To make it like Excellent. you'd have to have like a bunkhouse for like the real experts. To <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. It's kind of a throwback. Go hang I up mean, their crampons and ropes. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'd be curious. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> how many skiers come here? Percentage are in the expert category. Yeah. yeah. Probably not many. Not many. Yeah. Could well, be. Well, Snowmass is the bread and butter by far. For ski company, so no doubt, that, right? That's what, that's what <coughs> I want to do. So the the other thing that I that just really fascinates me about this side of the mountain is is that um, it really makes you wonder, you know, it it is it is it that it's a bad place to build a ski lodge, or is it um, is it this is it a confluence of circumstances, political, um, you know, local opposition. Um, uh, you know, those uh, other economic considerations, people not being able to get out of their way, creating deals that are too complex, that um, that is making Aspen, the ski resort town, the, the ski community, that can no longer build a ski lodge. I mean, I mean at some point in time, the existing properties are going to need to be renovated, probably substantially at some level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how does Aspen... Um, continue to keep pace with changes in the industry that continue to attract uh, people here, um, or is that even necessary? Boy. I don't know that it's necessary. <clears throat> I mean, we're, we are thriving and doing quite well. <clears throat> right Excuse now we me. are. But wouldn't it have been cool to make that more affordable? I mean, since it's already considered a slum, more or less, if you, <laughs> if you, if you talk to some people in, in government, in. <clears throat> why not have... Affordable lodges there. A bunkhouse. Yeah. Well, that at, like the hostel at actually. Jack, at Teton, like Rogers' Teton. comment yeah, is Teton. what struck that idea: is why aren't we having that reserved? I mean, it's, it's financially absolutely impossible. impossible but, but it would be cool if that was the affordable lodge part of town. Those are the expert skiers to come. The guys are. who can't afford right. to stay at the St. Regis because they're ski bums right. and they That's ski right. really well. That's right. So I mean, it, wouldn't it be cool to say that these are going to be cool. limited to two hundred a night or two fifty a night, yeah. and that's our affordable section of yeah. town? Yeah, that would, we don't really have a hostel like I mean, mm-hmm. like Jackson Hole Mountain Resort at well, Rendezvous we, Peak. Well, they we used to have the, the little red ski house yeah. and the Snow the Queen Saint and those, the Saint Moritz and and we could go on with the. The Brass Bed Inn, all those. I <laughs> all mean, those we're places, just great yeah. places, but they're right. gone. They're, they're gone now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and it also, yeah. I mean, this is just Joey's crazy brain going, but, you know, the same way the city regulates some restaurants to have, you know, affordable meals, why can't some hotels be asked to have affordable weeks? The, the, you know? the, that's that's just the the one hotel at the Wheeler now, right? That's to, or the one restaurant at the Wheeler. Excuse me. No, uh, Clark's I think has that. Do they still? Um, do they have? Uh, I thought that like was part. menu restrictions. Yeah, I, I think Clark's has it. I know that Public House has it. The mm-hmm. place that's under the old Cooper Street that still isn't developed yet. That restaurant has it. But I, I don't know. This is right. a crazy idea from somebody who's in government, just not that section over <laughs> right, there. Right. I'm in the good part of government. Well, well those are the. <laughs> I remember when um, uh, when the Cooper Street Pier, you know, uh, issue happened many years ago. Now, right? I mean, that was gosh, that had to be 
12, 13 years ago. There, there's still not a restaurant there no. in that space. So, I mean, wouldn't that be more vital if you were, if you maybe relax those requirements a little bit and let somebody put something in there? Well, that's, that's a huge question mark. I, I mean, I don't, I can't believe nothing. The landlords haven't lowered the price or whatever it takes to get somebody in there. Right. It's, uh, I mean, it's a basement space. But how long has it been empty? Ten years? It's a, For a since long, Cooper long Street time. was gone, yeah. and I don't even know how so long. I don't either. That's that's who? That's a mystery. It's like 2007, I think. Yeah. 2008. Sometimes. And there, and there was a history of some restaurants in there. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, Louis, the Italian Louis. Louis, Louis uh, was it Louis? Uh, Lucci's. 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 Lucci's was down yeah, there, Lucci's, and yeah. there was something after that. Bad Billy's, I think, mm -hmm. was down there, or. Yeah. But anyway, we're dating yeah. ourselves. Yeah, yeah I think the last time I was in there was Lucci's. I think. Uh, Bill Toot. Yeah, Bill Toot, uh, God rest his soul, was, yeah. uh, uh, was the guy, was the proprietor there at that time. But, but to get back to your original question about uh -huh. what, what's preventing the development there, I'm going to just take the basic answer. I think it's a lousy place for a hotel. And, you know, God bless the developers if they think they can make it work there. But if it really was a good place for a hotel, couldn't Gorsuch easily find someone to, you know, come in, a, a big hotel you know, Rich Carlton, somebody to come in there, Sheraton, whoever, to build there to become the money people it, in that deal. But yeah, in, a, in that, a straight that, deal, I would th I would say yes. But I mean, this deal's got all kinds of it does trappings and, and around the, it, right? And the, and the Brown brothers have, have you know muddied the waters. But right. I mean, even before Gorsuch House, it, wouldn't you think somebody, if that was a great place for a hotel, would have figured out a way to build a hotel there before uh, now? But maybe it's much like what we may see with the Aspen Club. It's let somebody go in and do the dirty work, right. get the approvals, break the ground, not not physically break the ground, uh -huh. but break the ground with the community, yeah. get it passed to an election, and you come in at 50 cents on the dollar that's or whatever. That's happened with St. Regis, right? You know, that's exactly <laughs> what happened with the St. Regis. Yeah. So, and it right. may happen with the Aspen Club. It happened with Related. It yeah. may be a strategy of people to sit on the sidelines and let a couple of people fail and then jump in and get clean it, it up and, ha and get it cheap. And, and you don't have the black eyes that Jeff Gorsuch has right now, yeah. you know, of right. going through that. Um, that conundrum with this town of change, and he did all the dirty work. He did. Who else and I, really, I feel for that guy right. because he I, really I, put I it out. I got to tell you, I do too. I and, do you know, he put it out there, and, and hopefully, I mean, it's still not out of the question. I guess that it could happen, but uh, um, but it does seem he's in a tough spot now. Like they're in a tough spot. You know, the other thing that I thought think about is that you know people speculate on land values here so much that. Um, you know, the other, the other question is, it's like the income state, you know, I'm going to get a little wonky, you know, the, 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 the CPA will get me, you know, the, the income statement versus the balance sheet, right? I mean, if you've got a piece of Aspen dirt on your balance sheet, you know, that looks pretty good if you live in, you know, Kansas City or yeah. St. Louis or someplace. And that helps you financially in a lot of ways. And you get that appraised and it keeps going up in value. And, you know, maybe is there really as much motivation to actually take the risk of, Take the income statement risk of taking this really gem of a balance sheet asset and and activating it. I mean, there's risk there. Well, there is, and, and that brings brings up another question about: Is the city of Aspen an enabler for developers? It's it, it, developers come in and they they spend a lot of money on this property, and then they come up with the plan and they go to city council and they say. We can't make it work. You've got to give us some concessions here. We've got to cut back on employee housing and parking and, and uh, you know, other amenities. And it just seems like the city, time and time again, says, oh, yeah, you're right, you can't make it work, but we really need a hotel. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make it work for yeah. you 
even though you overpaid for the land. I mean, isn't it time to stop that and just It say, could almost be a strategy. Some of these guys could say, come in and, you know, once the ball's rolling, the city's not going to be the, the Grinch that stole Christmas yeah. and stop that project. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a strategy a year before they even put a shovel in the ground to say, you know, let, let's right. get going. We can't make it. Let's ask for some concessions. Sure They'll come our way. It does happen a lot. <laughs> Right, it does happen. Yeah, it, it, it seems to. Yeah. And I think we'll see that. I, I do uh, believe that we'll get the 1-8 the project built, something pretty close to what the voters passed, but it will be painful for the city. I, I, whether it's the Brown Brothers or somebody they ultimately sell to that takes over the whole project, they'll come back to the city and they're going to ask for concessions. And, and since everybody really wants it, I think we're going to cave in and give them so all the more concessions. more concessions? Because yeah. the city's already agreed to a, a bunch of stuff. $4 million plus? It's going to cost them more than that, though, that, that, I think. Uh -huh. I just think that's the way this is going. Uh, Brown brother, Brothers, I think, are going to buy out Gorsuch cheap. They're going to control the whole project, and then they'll come back to the city and say, or they'll sell it to somebody who will come back to the city and say, okay, we know you really want this thing. Let's play ball now. So is this, this long years of experience? Within the staff well, uh, maybe, speaking? maybe it's a gut feeling. So I gut feeling come feeling? from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the ski company will come in and save today? And, and uh, if it's fifty cents on the dollar, right? Yeah, could I, they be one of those guys in the back seat waiting? Yeah, I'm waiting for them to, to come, come in, in and I say, think that's definite, that maybe like at Base Village, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah, these people are a lot smarter than I yeah, am. I could, I mean, who uh, knows what's going on? Right? Who knows what's really going on? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's well. It's a really interesting question to me because it just seems like, you know, there, um, you know, everybody. It's a supply and demand thing, right? Um, you know, and and people covet dirt in places like Aspen, and mm -hmm. it's become, and and people like to have uh, a lot of investors like to have developable property in their in their portfolio in places, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and uh, I. I wouldn't know anything about it personally, but I've, you know, I, I listen to CNBC in the morning and I hear the, the ads for you know buy into this or buy into that. So, um, so anyway, I I I think that's a that's an interesting one. Uh, you know, has at a more existential level, you know, has Aspen become the the ski town where you can literally no longer afford to build a ski lodge. <laughs> Probably. I, think I mean, I look right? what we're going, the, the old Buckhorn site, mm -hmm. you know, that was affordable lot, lot, lodge. We still haven't seen it. Um, we lost a lot of lodges. We named them all a few minutes ago. We're not mm -hmm. gaining any. Right. You know, so what are we replacing these with? Maybe it's a VRBO community. I think there's a lot of that. I don't know. And, and you know, I think, I think the city would do well if they... <laughs> regulated those VRBOs. Uh -huh. I know in places like Palm Springs, you need to have an annual license that's $1,000 a year. Mm -hmm. There's strict regulations on it. They know when you're renting and when you're not renting, and they want a piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. right. And I don't know, should we get into that business? Should the city get into that business? Or should to. we buy, get affordable house, uh, affordable lodges? Yeah. They may have, well, you know, maybe we're a, leaving a lot of tax dollars on the table with the RBO. There's a legitimate regulatory purpose for government to get involved in that, right? Because if you have people who are visiting, who are renting single-family homes in neighborhoods that were designed and intended for families to live in permanently and full time, you're fundamentally changing the use of property in those neighborhoods. And, and in my view, the, to your point, I think there's a legitimate role for governments to play 
um, in managing that in the interest of the community. I mean, I've seen it where I live. I live in River Valley Ranch in in Carbondale, and you see a lot more of that activity, and the board there is is having to address those issues more and more frequently. Yeah, I live in the West End, and across the alley from me is a very, very nice VRBO home. And three times a month, there's somebody in it, and it's usually for three or four days. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's no regulation, I mean, as far as how it could be 25 people in that Mm -hmm. house now. You know, I know other communities had the limit of how many people you could have and rent the home. No outdoor um, amplified music. Mm-hmm. You have to have a city license, and it's regulated. Right. Um, but that's off topic. Maybe we yeah. should get affordable lodges again. Yeah. I used well, to be able to, the Molly Gibson used to be very affordable. It probably still is by yeah. today's standard, uh-huh. but uh-huh. we need more places like that. Well, that's Mark Hunt's idea, right? It is, but have we, we haven't seen any development yet no but but, but one it of the reasons why idea. i think is he wants to build the affordable hotel and to, in order to make it happen then he's asking for all kinds of that's right concessions and, and he's not putting it in the zoning district right that it's supposed to that it would right. normally go in so so does the city does the city say okay yeah we understand the only way you can make affordable hotels is you don't have to build any employee housing you don't have to provide any parking um is that worth it to the city to do right. that? And 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 how do you you know ten years from now how many of these deals have we seen where we put all these restrictions in place and ten years later everybody forgets about them? Right. Well, so, that's. I mean, how do, yeah, maybe he'll give us this much and he gets this much. Yeah. That's a little out of whack. It, it's hard it, because city council turns over ten years from now, nobody who's sitting there now will be there any longer, and the new people might have a different vision or a different idea or will forget what kind of agony the city went through to negotiate these details and say, eh, forget it. You know, I, I hate to admit to that as a government, as an elected official and government employee, that happens. In fact, it happened to me today. Uh-oh. We were referring what back happened? to it. Well, I'm not, I can't take it into the detail. police. <laughs> oh, I, I had to try. But we were referring back to a document that was written in 1987 that not one person remembered existed. Yeah. And we've been operating outside that document for a long time because we forgot. That for sure happens. We're, you know the cheap humans. golf and snowmass. What happened to that? Uh, when they redid the, the cheap golf, golf at the Maroon Creek that? Club. What yeah. happened to that? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there something built into the development? There is. I don't know what happened. What Carolyn Zacharyason waved that flag and got somebody. But you're right. Snowmass, uh, snowmass Golf Club. Well, that we used to be affordable golf. Now yeah. I don't even know what the. I played there a few weeks ago, and had to pay full price. But I don't yeah. know if there is a. Locals discount. It's not only that; it's a really, really hard course. If you've never played it before, I understand if you play it, you kind of learn how to play it. You need to be around there a few times. Trash masters. I think I, I think I lost nine balls. It was really, it was really awful. So, so, you only played so, eight holes. So, <laughs> I lost, I lost nine balls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how big exactly. is your bag? You yeah, exactly. yeah, you're yeah. Didn't no clubs, just balls. Yeah. Right there. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Curveball, <laughs> one club. So um, I want to get back to this issue really quickly about these shotgun marriages. Um, you know, what what can the city take or what can we all take and, away from and learn from the, the, um, uh, the idea that the city really actively gets involved negotiating these deals and is a par- almost as a partner and putting these mandates together. And I'm speaking specifically, of course, of the Gorsuch House, requiring the Gorsuch House and the Lift One um, lodge folks to work together in order to bring the lift back down to its original location, which was which kind of was thrown in at the last minute, mm-hmm. but 
the Browns already had their entitlements. Um, Gorsuch came in. The Gorsuch House came in. Um, they they forced them to work together. When I first saw it, I thought it was. I honestly thought it was a political effort to kill the deal. I thought hmm. that that was my original thought when I saw that that was what was happening in the paper. Then it became clear that I was wrong about that. That it was a serious effort to try and really create benefit for the community out of this project by bringing the lift down, activating Dean Street, creating the um, uh, the museum, building the museum there, um, providing better access, all that stuff. It was, uh, I mean, I, I became convinced that with, whether you agree with the project or not, I think it was the city genuinely intended for that to be, to add uh, public benefit. I, I agree. Um, I, don't, yeah. I don't disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, I think, yeah. And, um, uh, but it seems like, I mean, how much did that contribute to the weight of what appears to be the, the demise or the collapse of this very, you know, fragile, multifaceted, um, multilateral agreement that kind of became um, the Gorsuch House Lift One uh, I, corridor? I, don't, don't you think it's like anything else in life? I mean, we've all had bad relationships and we always mm -hmm. get in the new one and we go, this time it's going to be different. This is going to work. I'm going to be happier than I've ever been in my life. And two weeks later, you've moved on. Uh -huh. I think we all want something great and beautiful, and we're optimistic. But these are complex deals mm -hmm. that cost millions and, or hundreds of millions uh -huh. of dollars that are impossible to stick to, but we're optimistic. Right. Um, I'm a pessimist by nature. Maybe that's why we join sides. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but really, We're I mean, happy I, uh, I, <laughs> so but it's, maybe so it's, it's we just we, we want something badly. And, and whether I'm on council or a voter, I want to be optimistic about what these are. But I think now there's enough track record to go. We should it's, we this, the, the Ritz should have really set the tone for the next 50 years. In this we'll town. never forget, right? We'll never well, forget <laughs> until we do. <laughs> right. We do. Uh, I don't think I'll ever forget. But, but you know, it's, it, and it's easy to sit here now and say, you know, why didn't the city get a performance bond and why didn't the city make the Brown Brothers right. give up their original development plan in favor of right. a new voter approval? Right. It's so easy to sit it here and say easy. that. It is easy. Yeah, it's easy to armchair quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah so, the, so, so a very we, complicated process. It's very complicated. So right. we have to be forgiving in that regard. But but hopefully someone's keeping notes and we're writing these things down and we, we won't forget the next time, um, but we will. Not us, <laughs> not you and me, and not. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you know the so so in terms of what actually ends up happening there, you know you're so you guys are on the glass half full, half empty. It sounds like you're both kind of a ha on the half empty side of that. You I know, think it's a milkshake. I'm just waiting for the foam to go foam. and the <laughs> chocolate ice cream to go all over the kitchen. Something's going to happen there. Look, you think there's a pony underneath all that <laughs> that pile of. There's some. Cow manure or whatever, what's that, whatever that joke is? I don't remember that joke. So, uh, keep digging because there's a pony under oh. there. Oh, okay. <laughs> that one, keep digging, there's oh, yeah. a pony under there. So keep, anyway, but I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, I, I like the uh, the old George Carlin joke. Some people see the glass half empty. Some people see it half full. I see a glass that's twice as big as it needs to be. Yeah. You know, it's the, that the financial analyst kind of right-sizing. You know, what's the right size for whatever it is that uh, ultimately ends up happening over on Lift 1A. Well, that you go out to Highlands on that one. The, the, the developers of that project still to this day will claim and tell you that that project failed because it wasn't allowed to create enough critical mass 
to support itself. So I go out there now and I see how big that thing is. And if it had to be any bigger than that to make it work, I would say that didn't work. So, so if it's huge and it doesn't work and it's the size it is and it doesn't work, I just say that was a bad project all the way around. That didn't probably work. should have never happened. But I think it it's the work. snowmass factor that you brought up earlier. I mean, frankly, you come to Aspen to be an Aspen, yeah. not to be at the top of Maroon Creek Road and, and have to shuttle back and forth. Yeah. Say uh, Snowmass has a lot of cool things going on, but people want to be here. They do. Um, at nighttime. This is where it's happening at mm -hmm. night, right? Right. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's so true. a lodge out at Highlands, yeah. I don't know how successful it would really I, be. Yeah, I don't either. I, well, is it the physical structure, or is it, or is it the, is it the the operational plan? I mean, I'll give you another example from not in Aspen. I mean, you know, I, um, again, I live at River Valley Ranch in Carbondale, and the restaurant at the golf course there has never been successful. And it's nice, too. It's overlooking it, the river. It is, it is cool. the really single best outdoor restaurant venue mm -hmm. in the entire valley. I agree. Looks right up the crystal, uh, or the, um, uh, yeah, the crystal. Yeah, the crystal. Looks right up the crystal um, to Mount Sopras. A big outdoor space, and it's never been successful. This year, fine, and, and at, the Crown's actually owned that. For a while, the restaurant. They started. Oh, and I mean, the, yeah. the golf course. Heinz and uh, Heinz started that. Mm -hmm. Heinz started that, mm -hmm. and uh, the Crowns originally owned the golf course, sold it. Um, the gentleman who owned, who bought it from from uh, from the Crowns just recently sold it again. It's under new ownership, and um, I and it's and it's fantastic. The restaurant is just doing gangbusters. We were there on a Monday night, and we could barely find a seat. And they're doing, you know, maybe just a little bit of marketing. The people who live in the community actually feel welcome, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is always nice. <laughs> you know, well, the restaurant when the restaurant that's 200 yards from your house is yeah. actually welcoming. They to want you. to see you. Yeah. Well, let's turn the tables on that. Would you prefer that the town of Carbondale bought that? I mean, it was up for that golf course and restaurant was up for grabs. I don't think the town wanted it, but should they have bought it? No, no, I don't think and so. rescued it. No, I, I mean, and clearly, I think in that particular case, my observation is, and it's a work in progress, and those folks have a lot of work ahead of them, but I think they're doing good things. But there's the, the X factor in that case, I think, is, you know, it takes work to operate a, a hospitality operation. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. Mm -mm. And you need to know what you're doing, and you need to apply yourself, and you, there, there needs to be an element of relentlessness to your business plan and a willingness to adapt. And, and a willingness to do what's necessary. And, um, and, I, and I think it's finally, in that example, it's finally happening. And, you know, at Highlands, you know, with a different operating plan, with a different structure, with a different approach to, to trying to invite people in and become part of something, and creating not just a physical place, but a sense of belonging mm -hmm. that um, people can identify with, like, like people tell me used to exist at Highlands. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen the pictures from the from well, the closing parties back yeah. in the 70s, but, right? Roger, were there any amenities at the um, Highlands Lodge? I, not, I think it was just really. rooms. You had to rooms, come. There yeah. were no, I don't think, there used to be a significantly large lodge out there. Yeah. Um, and, but I don't think there were amenities and people still stayed there. I don't. They stayed there, but again, they, they, they commuted. They, they came in yeah. for nightlife. And I Chateau Kirk before that. So this, so this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, is, there, is there too much emphasis on the transactional element and not enough emphasis on the human element of these developments? 
You know, are we, are we so involved in the in the dollars and the transactions and, and even if the dollars aren't that big, but just the just the transactions, are we are we devolving into just a transaction oriented rather than a than a than a kind of a humanity based place? Well, that that might be true, and maybe it's it's true because the dollars involved are so huge that everybody wants to to run them and calculate them and and you know be pretty much assured that the thing is going to work. Whereas what you're talking about, where you just create space and amenities that people are really going to appreciate and, and uh, visit, that's a leap of faith. Hmm. And, when you, and, and you're going you're gonna to have some big cojones to <laughs> jump in there with that kind of money and just say, I think people are going to like this, rather than pencil it all <coughs> out by square foot and how much each square foot is going right. to produce. So, uh, so I think that's a lot easier when the, when the, the investment isn't as large. And that's what Old Aspen was. It wasn't as big of an investment. So people could come in and do crazy stuff that worked. Well, and because I, I, I thought when I, got, I had the sense, and I'm still hopeful that when the Gorsuch folks brought their proposal forward, that was kind of what they were trying to create. I think, I think honestly, they were trying to create that. But, yeah. but I think reality set in, and, and that is a tough thing. Reality is it can be... Can be a hard thing. Dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it can. Yeah. So, so where do we go from here? What's going to end up being built there? So we, maybe we can maybe we can do <laughs> predictions and then final thoughts, and we can look at we can look at wrapping. What's going to be built, or what I what <coughs> both hope gets built. Well, what do you hope gets built there? And then what I do you hope think the is Browns do their thing and it stops. So that becomes so the lift one lodge becomes That's the lodge at go. the top of uh, Aspen yeah. Street. Altitude, I think, is money you know the higher up that mm -hmm. mountain you get the more prestigious it is I uh -huh. mean, it's the caste system yeah. of hotels mm -hmm. right i think we should have a cutoff at some point and we don't want to you want really i mean this is a ridiculous analogy but red mountain is creeping up and up and up and up uh -huh. i don't want to see that there and i i doubt it could happen but never but, know i don't yeah but i i i think what's going to happen is the browns will build their project and that will be the end of it as far as the lift I don't know if the ski company will pony up and put that in. Well, they kind of have to. That's such I would old think so. Bucket of bolts up there. Eventually, it's just not going to work. And I also, anymore. and I'd love to hear what the son of Bill Morrell thinks, but I don't think FIS. I, I don't think FIS is enough of a draw it's to not change for me. that. It's not for me. Ski racing, and this is your turf, so jump in. Ski racing is not an American sport. We're mm. doing this for people across the pond, but um, you know, it. That's an excuse to me. FIS won't come here unless we have a lift. Well, who needs them? I'd rather have the X Games here. The X Games, it's a lot more yeah. TV exposure for this community than FIS Wouldn't does. Wouldn't you like that both? Don't uh, you think both of them is good? It, it is good. I, I, I love FIS ski racing, World Cup ski racing. When we had the World Cup finals here, that was a fantastic event, and it was really fun, and the people came out. But is it worth uh, compromising the identity of the town to get it? I don't think so. It's not worth that much to me. Right. You know, ski racing is better on TV anyway. So, you know, for for one event every two years or one event even every year to change... To, 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 al to, to, to alter, to have to alter the, the entire reason. community just for that. Yeah, that is not the reason to do right. it, I don't and, think. And don't you think they're doing what we said earlier? They're waving the shiny object in front of us. We say yes, and then they'll change the rules well, later sure. down the road. For sure. And, we and have that's no something we should... We're always predicting the future. And we have no control over what the FIS does right. at ski racing. They could promise to do that for five years and then say, we're gone. Mm -hmm. So, um, as to the other question, what I would like to see there, I'd like to see... Lift 1A 
come down to Dean Street. I, I personally, I don't think the hotel's going to work <coughs> in that location, but I'm not a hotel expert. I'll, I'll leave it to them if they can make it work and they think they can. Uh -huh. That's great. But I also want to see that project support itself with employee housing because I think that's a critical issue in this town. And any project that comes in, no matter how big, how shiny, with whatever promises it comes with, if it doesn't house all the new employees it's going to put to work, it's not good for the community, in my view. We just... We just have to be able to do that and, right. and not waver on that. So I would like to see that project eventually happen. What I think will happen is, is kind of what I said before. I think it will eventually happen. It'll, I don't think it will happen in the next five years. I think there will be a lot of hand-wringing and deal-making and changes of ownership uh -huh. and concessions by the city, but, but I think eventually it will happen uh, once it does so. And if I could just put an exclamation point on that. You know, one of my big hang-ups with that was employees. We have, uh -huh. say that hotel needs 300 employees. Mm -hmm. Where do you get them? I'm struggling to get employees mm -hmm. to be deputies. Right. Where do we get them from? So now we're down valley. Okay, now we got more cars, more people going across the bridge, all the things we're trying to prevent. More water, uh, stress on our infrastructure, water, sewer, electricity, mm -hmm. all the things we're trying to mitigate somehow. Mm -hmm. So now we bring in 300 more employees a day. Um, I think that's significant for a town this size. I do too. And we're not, we, with no plan to house them. We're winging it. We're, we'll, we'll get them. So, yeah, we'll get you know, them. I think now the, the, the lore of Aspen, in my case, and my wife owns a business in town as well, is wearing off. People are starting to realize they can exist down in Glenwood, Carbondale, Basalt without coming up here. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something we should be concerned about. Well, I think you're right, because they are creating their critical mass down That's there. Right. Where there are jobs that are right. down there next to their mm -hmm. homes, and why would you put up with this? Right. Yeah, so I right. think that is what you will see the trend being, and that's dangerous mm -hmm. for this but community. It, that's really interesting, and housing is, a, is another obviously big subject, and I, I completely agree with you, um, Joe, on the issue of planning for the future. I mean, one of the things, when I moved here from Washington State, and Washington State has a very um, complete, comprehensive growth management structure for local government. Washington is not a, this is a, what they call a home rule state. Local governments kind of control their own thing. I'm going to get wonky again for just a second. And Washington is a, is a Dillon rule state. The state basically imposes statutory as well as constitutional guidance that you have to follow. And for growth management, the state kind of came in and said, "You're going to do all this, and you're going to you, you have to not only demonstrate if you're going to if you're going to propose growth in your community, you have to demonstrate not only that you can build it, but that you can generate the tax revenue to support it, and that your community is in balance as a result of it. And we and and, and a community the, the community where I worked, I was the finance director and later on council town of Stillicum, Washington, town of six thousand people. We had a growth management plan that was like that thick." And it was to comply with all those regulations. And it was a regulatory document, a genuinely regulatory document that, that provided a proof of our ability to do what we said we could do. And we here we have the Aspen Area Community Plan, which is a nice aspirational document, but it is not a regulatory document. Anybody mm -hmm. who says or thinks it is, is just is not comparing it to what's really out there, I think, in terms of local government regulation. So I'll, that's the end of my wonkiness. But housing is really a huge issue. I, I agree with that. The, I was accosted by one of the former um, Carbondale town trustees about supporting this project, actually, because he asked me, he says, so, Paul, where are they going to house those people? 
they're going to come to Carbondale. And and I said, yeah, they're going to come to Carbondale, but you know, it's 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 part of that development pattern that happens everywhere. And so at some level, that's going to happen. But I think he made a good point, and I think you're making a good point that the the planning around that housing just is really not forward looking enough and not not stringent enough. I mean, when, when I can't get somebody to take a sixty or sixty-five thousand dollar a year job here with Ben, now you get, might get shot at once in a while, but that's <laughs> all right. But benefits everything, and I can't because people prefer to be cops down Valley where they don't have to drive and deal mm -hmm. with traffic. Right. And yeah. greed, greed is a big part of this. I mean, we could have done a whole hour on greed. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm making lists for the next yeah. for the next yeah. show. Making a, making a mental list yeah. because housing and uh, greed, the kind of the, the greed head culture. You know, that's another, that's a big discussion. We've lost our ability to revolt, too. We used to be revolutionary yeah. here. Now we're like, eh, whatever happens, and we get run over. Yeah. We've got to be careful true. of that. And it's don't true. you think the bigger we get, the more we get like that? I mean, it's, yes. the bigger the town gets, the bigger the valley gets, the more development there is, the less this project matters, the less this one matters. And pretty soon, <sighs> you know, you're like a city, and it, nothing matters. You're so complacent. You just, just, right. get, just get away for the weekend. That's all you're thinking it's about. It's just been very uplifting, Paul. <laughs> well, good. Very positive. It's almost, almost. What's in like, your cup? Come on, grass. Come on, a grass. A new grassroots show, where it's almost like group therapy, but not quite. <laughs> it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It's cheaper than a therapist, and um, and so why not? You know, we still have together. a lot. I mean, still to close on a good. The people here, the people I know that I've known for a long time are unbelievable. Yeah, that's, we're losing to that's, people yeah. that aren't yeah. so unbelievable. And, and yeah. it is, you know, and it's a great place, but great places are hard too. And, mm -hmm. and, we, and we, you know, we, and, and, you know, so you come on a show and you talk about issues and you talk about serious issues and you say things that can be interpreted as casting aspersions, but it's really hard. I mean, everybody, I mean, these are hard issues. So, you know, I worked over at the city, the people over at the city work really hard. And I, I have a great deal of respect for those folks. Um, and I know you guys do as well. Um, and uh, people who are willing to take risks to try and develop it in this community, same thing. So, yeah, and as, well, as, no. as an elected, I have to tell you, I give a lot of props to the people that ran in the last city election. Uh -huh. That is sticking your neck oh, out for it one is. reason, to get it cut off. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we don't have enough of that anymore. We don't have enough people out there. I don't know who's going to take my place someday or who wants the job. My right. son wants it's your job. He was talking about he that. He could have it. <laughs> <laughs> He's, He's too planning. He, he could throw planning. a dart at a board like <laughs> I do. <laughs> 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 He's really new. He's like, I think I'd like that job. <laughs> he could have I'll it. have him come talk to you. <laughs> What's he, 13? No, no, he's, he's actually 20. Okay, he could still have it. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Joe DeSalvo, the honorable sheriff of Pickens County. Thank you. Roger Marolt, the... Not-so-honorable journalist or uh, not, columnist. Co fellow, co fellow columnist, <laughs> co-conspirator columnist with the Aspen Times. I, I, my, my column, of course, is with the Aspen Daily News. And uh, local CPA and all-around good guy, long-time... Um, uh, Aspen native, we yes. can say. Mm -hmm. Aspen native. Um, I'm merely a Colorado native, so I so I, I tip my hat to you. Um, thank you very much. Um, it's been fun. It has been fun. Episode one. Thank for a change. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much.